The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Israeli military says the two male hostages rescued during a raid in Rafah are in good medical condition. The two Israeli men were rescued amid heavy Israeli airstrikes on the southern Gaza city, where some 1.5 million people are sheltering. Uh, joining me now is the CEO of the Henderson Group and the International Risk Management Advisory, Duncan Bullivan. Duncan, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Now, it looks like two Israelis were rescued and possibly, you know, three dozen um, Palestinians have been killed during that particular operation. Yes, I think one of the things that's important to note here is that this, this type of operation requires painstaking gathering of intelligence. So you've got a precise location of the, of the individuals who are being rescued. But also when the special forces unit that are, that are used to go in and rescue them go in, they have to operate in a secure environment. In other words, they, they have to be operating within a cordon that's provided often by specialist troops like paratroopers. What it means, actually, for Israel to carry out an operation of, of this level of success and this level of complexity means that they are in control of several areas of Rafa already. And what that also means is that as Netanyahu's rhetoric ramps up to a point, I think, which is becoming increasingly unbearable for a lot of Western leaders and, and his allies, is that they obviously have got a much better intelligence picture of what's happening in Rafa than perhaps they're letting on. And, and so the, the ability for them to actually claim that they can win militarily may be backed up with some, mm. some harder evidence, perhaps, than we, than we realise. Well, let's have a, a, a listen to some of that rhetoric from Netanyahu, because he has said that not entering Rafa would mean losing the war against Hamas. We were attacked, unprovoked attack, murderous attack on October 7th, the worst attack on Jewish people since the Holocaust. And let me tell you, uh, I think we've responded uh, in a way that goes after the terrorists and tries to minimize the civilian population in which the terrorists embed themselves and use them as human shields. Those who say that under no circumstances should we enter Rafah are basically saying, lose the war, keep Hamas there. And Hamas has promised to do the October 7th massacre over and over and over again. So, Duncan, he's not for turning. He's certainly not for turning. And I think he's been pretty consistent in his, in his war aim since the beginning of this campaign, which is the military destruction um, or the vic- or total victory over Hamas. And, and, of course, I think that the irony here is that, of course, these terrorist organizations, militant organizations, depending on which side of the line you, you, you stand, Aren't born out, aren't born of a vacuum. Uh, he may well succeed in destroying Hamas, alienating his his friends and allies, uh, and turning the world ever more against Israel. Not everybody, but I, I think the facts of the matter are that a new a new organisation will take the place of Hamas w- w- within months uh, and and years, and and so the cycle of violence and and tragedy continues. But I I would. One word of caution. I, I think it's very easy to, to to go down the road of assuming that that um, that, that everything that Netanyahu says is extreme and, 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 and probably wrong. And I think I'm, you know, to be honest, probably in, in that camp. But one thing I would say about the IDF, who I don't know well, but I know well enough, is that generally speaking, the IDF is a decent organization. It, it, it is based on decent humanitarian principles. Nobody in the IDF wants to take part in 
what is a, what could be a, a, an incredible bloodbath and, and, and slaughter of, of, of the innocent on a scale which we haven't seen so far in this campaign. So I'm, I'm making an assumption that the IDF have got much better intelligence than they're letting on. It's very tight, but nobody's really talking at the moment. And if the IDF were concerned, and if, if Israeli troops were worried that they were, they were going over the line, we'd know about it. Because is, Israel has a culture of individuals speaking out, out against politicians. And that doesn't seem to be happening at the moment. So I think we, we need to trust that the IDF might keep Netanyahu straight. Now, one of the videos released by the IDF over the weekend was of tunnels underneath UNRWA's headquarters. And they show the tunnels and they show what had been, if you like, a command and control centre deep below the ground there with internet servers, with screens, with multiple cables. And some of those cables coming up through the basement of UNRWA, which is another huge embarrassment to that United Nations organization because of the accusations of complicity on October 7th. Yes, I, I think UNRWA's days are probably numbered in terms of um, the extremely generous donations that have been made to it by several nations over, over the last decade or so. Um, it, is, it, is, it beggars belief that, that the leadership weren't aware of this. It doesn't surprise me or anybody else for that matter that Elements of that organization are closely linked, if not um, intimately involved with, with the Hamas organization, because Hamas has, has, its, has its tentacles everywhere in Gaza. It's not, it's not operating in a discreet manner away from the population. But I think this level of co- compromise is probably the best word. This level of compromise within an organization, which is meant to be a, a, essentially humanitarian uh, and also to a certain degree neutral, um, begs the question as, as to how it organizes itself going forward, because obviously there is going to be a, an enormous re- reconstruction effort and money is going to pour in primarily from around the Arab world to reconstruct Gaza after this campaign. But at the same time, Netanyahu is also saying that Israelis are not leaving uh, Gaza, that they're going to stay put and that they're going to create a, a security environment and that may well prohibit certain Arab nations from wanting to donate to, to, to reconstruction. So I think uh, it, it all bets are off at the moment. I've got no doubt that we will see a ramping up of, of military targeting and there will be the inevitable tragic loss of civilian life uh, alongside, I, su- I, su- I suspect, incredibly high numbers of, of Hamas um, casualties as well. And let's not forget the IDF. They'll, they'll be losing people as well. It's, um, it's a very serious situation. Joe Biden saying that what Netanyahu proposed was over the top, um, going into Rafa. Um, are you suggesting that the IDF has the kind of intelligence that will allow them to go into particular areas in Rafa, do what they wanted to do to defeat Hamas without you know, the mass slaughter, which everyone seems to be predicting, including Joe Biden. He wants guarantees that the civilian population you know, herded there by the Israelis uh, from elsewhere in Gaza, that that civilian population can be safeguarded. There's a, there's a contradiction in, in Netanyahu's rhetoric at the moment, because Netanyahu is suggesting that civilians are in a position to evacuate the area and seek, and seek safety in, in the north of Gaza, which, of course, is where they were cleared from in the first place. One is not entirely sure how that is meant to play out because, of course, 
organizations like Hamas are very good at, at, at infiltrating through uh, security cordons, uh, posing as civilians. So I, I think there is that, 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 from a logistic point of view, seems a little bit far-fetched. Uh, the intent of the Israelis at the moment seems to be that they, they do have some form of cordon around um, Rafa. They, they do seem to be in a position to control who enters and who leaves. That means that they control the timing on everything. That means that they control the terrain. And from a military perspective, they can strike as and when it suits them. And they've got a variety of options, you know, from artillery to gun, helicopter gunships to special forces raids. So I think you're going to see a variety of military action o- over the um, over the coming days and weeks. And I suspect it will look slightly less like the the the, con- the conflict in the north uh, at the beginning of of the campaign and, and a little bit more uh, targeted but people who are being told by the israelis to for their own safety to leave rafa um where to go what has been done elsewhere has left a wasteland there's there's nowhere really for them to go i think a fifth of the housing stock in the north is now manageable and supportable and can sustain provide shelter uh, the water supply is, is questionable. Food supplies are, ne- are, neg- are right down to, 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 to the bare minimum. But, you know, aid, aid is getting in, but it's not getting in in, in sufficient uh, amounts to prevent disease and, and, and malnutrition. You know, it's it's a, it, it, it is it's as bad as it gets, and this this needs to end sooner rather than later because you can feel the the political wind has changed direction in the last 48 hours and i and i think israel's key western supporters the united states the united kingdom they're starting they're starting to have serious thoughts about where this is leading and of course there are israeli settlers uh, who had to depart gaza when uh, hamas uh, took over uh, ruling gaza um, they have an appetite to go back strangely yeah uh, and i think that would probably be the the, the, the final straw, really, um, to break the camel's back uh, for be- for many people who wish Israel nothing but good. It, it, it is a cynical policy. I think what we have to remind ourselves is that Netanyahu is the most moderate of the extremists in his cabinet, but he a large part of his cabinet that keep him in office would be very happy to see Gaza cleared of Palestinians forever. Uh, and that's an extreme position, and it exists within cabinet. But, ha, ha, yeah, there's, there's no going back. It's extraordinary, uh, you know, having endured the Holocaust during World War Two and in the years running up to World War Two. How can people even espouse that position to effectively exterminate uh, another nation? And I think it's it's decades of polarization. It's decades of. Of, of political intrigue. Uh, and there is, of course, we know within, Israel, within the Knesset and within the Israeli parliament, there is an extremist, uh, we would regard extremist, orthodox um, religious group who, who don't really think necessarily in, in a Western liberal mindset. And it, 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 it is, it is a, it's a major issue. I'm not a great uh, proponent of the belief that the 7th of October was a, a direct result of Israeli policy. I think that's that's playing into the hands of a, of a pretty evil and twisted um, group like Hamas. 
but you know when you when you look at some of the comments coming out of the more extreme members of the Knesset, when you look at some of the comments coming out of out of um, out of Netanyahu's um, own press releases, you know, at the end of the, at the end of the day, there will be no long term solution at at the point of a gu- of, of a gun. It, it simply doesn't work like that, and I I don't need to tell listeners to your program about about the resolution of conflict because many of them will have had friends who are affected by the troubles in the north but the, the facts are that at this stage of the game netanyahu isn't being quite as smart as he thinks he is because the rhetoric that he needs to be expanding now is that is that they are seeking a peaceful resolution and long-term security guarantees not to keep banging his head against the wall and calling for the destruction of hamas at all costs that is that is not a, a sound political policy. Duncan, thank you very much for joining us. Duncan Bullivant, as CEO of the Henderson Group and International Risk Management Advisory. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.